Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 135. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw. I'm here with my buddy, Rob Latham. How you doing, Rob? I'm good, Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Do you miss me? I do. You know, it's been, well, I guess we can't tell everybody that we just saw each other a couple weeks ago, right? That's got to be a big secret. Well, I think the reason we saw each other was the secret, but seeing All right. each other isn't so secret. All right, there you go. So we're good on that since we just blew it anyway by talking about it. So and I, I, I feel like the last two years at Shot Show, the videos that I've done with Rob, that I kind of spanked him a little bit on the dueling tree with his his own 1911s. So we were. I have no recollection of this, Senator. I remember it, and yeah, I bet you probably got it on tape. <laughs> well, it's all over the internet. It's had like millions of views. But um, man, Rob came out swinging. A couple of weeks ago with me and oh, I, did, I didn't even have a chance i don't even know if i even hit the target before he had them all on my side and wore me out like hey payback is hell man brought his a game and <laughs> man it's just uh don't don't shoot against rob latham is the moral of the story because uh I need to tell my my major competitors to do that next couple of weeks to stay home <laughs> so speaking of competition uh you're a seven-time world champion I don't know. Uh, I can look on my website if you want. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> else does that my, for me. Yeah, Kippy keeps that thing current. I'm I'm never too worried about the last one. It's the next one I'm sweating bullets on. Hey, that makes a lot of sense. And that's what we we're just talking about before we started recording. Was you preparing for uh, your matches? And we're going to talk about that. How you prepare for matches here a little bit later on, but. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about aiming, and the reason we're going to talk about aiming is because Rob and I had a really good conversation at SHOT Show this past year, uh, where they brought out some cameras, and we were talking about aiming, or pointing, and using sights, and not using sights, and, you know, there's a, a lot of misconceptions out there, and some some accurate conceptions, and, um, you know, we're just going to talk a little bit about aiming, and I, I think it could be a lot of new material for a lot of folks out there and we'll get to that right after this quick little message from primary weapon systems primary weapon systems or pws is a state-of-the-art machine shop in boise idaho pws makes almost all their rifle components in-house and the parts they don't make they acquire from the highest quality manufacturers in the united states the mod 2 series rifles from pws are some of the most feature-rich ars on the market one of those features is the mod 2 enhanced buffer tube which has a ratchet lock design that eliminates the need for staking while providing a solid lockup with the ability to remove it easily in the future. Go take a look at primaryweapons.com. Primary Weapon Systems. Because it's time. All right, Rob, what is aiming? Well, aiming for me is the process of alignment onto the target. So there's three pieces with a traditional sight picture, so we call it. And you can't aim without all three of them being in play, which is target, front sight and rear sight. You can, of course, if you're using an optical sight and, and, the, and the aiming portion when you apply it to the gun is simply one plane instead of front sight, rear sight, or might be just a dot, then, of course, there's only two things, which is target and aiming device, shall we say, which could be sights or, or a dot or whatever. And the process of aiming is poorly understood. Well, I wouldn't say it's poorly understood, but it's been, I like the word corrupted over the decades um, because we've tend to take in shortcuts in what we mean when we train people and we tell them one thing when we mean something else. And then we feel like we have to defend that. So we say, no, no, no. My, and my example 
Oh, I, all, say, I hope you give us an example of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The example for me is this focus on the front sight thing. It, where, you, there, it's so common now that the, the concept is any mistake you ever make is because you jerked the trigger you lost focus on the front sight. That, that's just the, the common it's – an, it's a scapegoat for us as instructors to be able to tell somebody, hey, here's – you screwed up because, you know, you Focus you harder lost the on the sights. Focus right, harder focus. on the front sight. Yeah, like you're right. It's it's just the silliest thing when you really think about it. My favorite is you're staring at the target. Yeah, that's good. I stare at the target all the time. So I'm doing. <laughs> I've been, I have been doing it so wrong for so long now. It's amazing I've managed to hit anything. <laughs> but uh, no, I and, and that's that's kind of where you come down to this aiming thing is what do we mean by it? So that the process of aiming is visually recognizing where the gun's pointed. So the process of aiming is the process of trying to align the gun, but you don't have to look at the sights to do that. And that, 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 that kind of pisses a lot of people off when you say something like that, because they'll immediately say, Oh, you're saying don't aim. Well, I'm not saying don't aim. I'm saying there's different ways of aiming and there's different levels of precision that are required in aiming. And this, it's, it's still kind of curious to me how it keeps coming up in the wrong ways and someone will someone will hear what we just said right there daniel and somebody will literally say oh you're just telling everybody to point shoot where i never even said that and i'm not saying point shooting isn't a valid technique and it isn't also good but i think once again it's also poorly understood what that even what that even means that is very true a lot of folks uh refer to you know like Rob Pincus talks a lot about, you know, kinesthetic alignment and body alignment. And, you know, I teach a target focus where I'm just basically indexing my body in the gun on the target because I'm at the range to do that. Uh, I also have a soft sight focus uh, where we're focusing on the target. And then you got your hard, hard sight focus and all those different things. But a lot of times people will confuse that target focus um, with point shooting, you know, like Rex Applegates and, and Fairbairn's point shooting techniques from back in the day and it's it, it's just not accurate it's not the same um right. when you say accurate it's not accurately an accurate description right of what they meant not that you're not going to shoot accurately exactly yeah 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 i agree with you 100 percent. and your descriptions are as precise and valid as is ever necessary for anybody to understand these things what you just said gold people write down what he said we just got to a little nugget of wisdom and they don't come along very often. <laughs> well, thanks, Rob. You you say that I'll drop nuggets of wisdom very often? No, no, nobody does. There anymore, <laughs> there's hardly any new information, not you. I mean anywhere. I'm saying that nobody gets the opportunity to get what I consider a jewel very often because we we become so fixated on trying to make a thing work that we don't bother finding out if a different thing's better or a different thing works. You know what? Let's talk about that for a second. So a lot of instructors do that and shooters themselves because it's the way they've always been done doing it, the way they've always taught it or the way they've always been taught. So they feel like they have to do that to validate it uh, because they're, they're wrapped up around that set of curriculum or that idea or that concept. People will, will follow and you, you, and you did it. So, so the whole, the whole series of events that, that create the problem is that, First person told somebody something. Second person takes it as gospel, passes it to the next person. Next person screws it up and doesn't even use it precisely, and then it goes down the line. Pretty soon, somebody comes up with, you can never fire a shot without a clear front sight focus. And that's not hardly was ever meant. I, I doubt that's what the first guy that said 
aim at the target or make sure the gun's pointed at the target or line the target. Pincus has got, you know, Pincus gets accused of being a point shooter all the time, but he's really not. He knows how to aim, but he, but he knows not to aim if you don't need to, because aiming in a traditional stance or a traditional application, especially if you're focusing on the front sight clear, man, who's got time for that? If things are close and fast, you need to line the gun. So almost, you know, at some point, Daniel, we're going to have to define what some things mean. We have to define not only what aiming means, what point shooting means, what natural alignment means, what uh, unaimed fire is, what, like you said, a really cool thing. I think it was a soft, a soft, fo- a soft sight picture or soft, what did soft you say? sight focus, yeah. Okay, that's genius because that's an excellent way because you're defining lack of clarity as soft. Okay, so as soon as we define that and say, when you say soft, that means I'm not seeing it perfectly clear. Meaning it's probably not the distance that you're focusing at. Because if you're pointing a gun at a target and that target, you haven't decided to shoot that target yet. So you're paying attention to what that target is doing, regardless of what that target is. At that point, you're probably, if you pointed the gun at the target and the gun is between you and the target at your eye line, you're probably seeing something of the gun. So you're seeing whether you want to or not, if your focal distance is at the target distance. You're seeing this soft focus. You you have to. You can't not. And for 90% of the shots that occur within five or six yards, that's all the precision you ever need. But someone thinks that's so what you're not aiming. He says, wait a minute. I just explained there's a soft focus or a soft sight picture or a soft – I love that terminology because it, it finds it in a feel manner. People understand feel better than they do description. So. Feel free to use it. Just cite Daniel Shaw. Uh, I am. I, I, don't know, say it. I don't know of anybody else who's used it. So I, I, that maybe that is my thing that I get in the industry. I don't oh, know. Watch, watch but, this. Soft focus. Copyright Rob Latham 2017. Fans, fine. <laughs> Dang it. You win. <laughs> and nobody will believe me. They'll believe Rob over me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I'm recording this. But, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so <laughs> the, uh, you, you described it perfectly. So I, And when I when I talk about a soft sight focus, um, I've really got a hard target focus right then. But in my peripheral vision, I can focus on my sights. But they're blurry. I'm, I'm, aligning th- I'm aligning three blurry points, a blurry front sight and a blurry rear sight, uh, basically indexed over the target that I'm focused on. And I, I, that's not just a close-range technique. Uh, it works great for that. But it's actually my desired technique that I use when I'm shooting at 50 and 100 yards. What's completely adequate. And here's the problem. There's, there's a worse problem that occurs. Is most people don't have a problem aiming. They have a problem shooting the gun without moving it. And they have a problem holding the gun steady enough for it to be pointed at the target for an extended period of time. And I hate to burst somebody's bubble, but staring at the sights doesn't make the gun stop moving. And staring at the sights does not make you pull the trigger without moving the gun. And staring at the sights doesn't stop you from flinching. It's not the solution for all the things. There's so many things that are more important than aiming. It's just funny how that's become. Rob, I bet as you're sitting, I bet as you're sitting there, and I in my, in my class, and, and I bet you do the same thing in yours. I hardly even talk about sights and, and uh-huh. aiming um, and aligning and all those things because you just don't need to. It's so intuitive. I bet right. your computer is centered on your desk. I bet I bet the edges of it are in, aligned with the edges. You know, I, I you're you're. Whatever else you set, if you set down your phone, it's probably not at an angle. It's probably in line with some part of that desk. We align things, at least in Western culture. We put our left shoe on the left, our right shoe on the right. We put our heels or our toes online. We put our range bags, bags down on the, the picnic tables or whatever we're on, and they're in line. Uh, we square up to people when we're talking to them. It's, we, we align things constantly. Aligning sites. I get brand new shooters, and I'm like, hey, 
just point at the target, whatever you think sight alignment is. I might not even use that term. And then after they're done, I'm like, hey, show me what you what you were seeing there. And they almost always show correct sight alignment. Top right. of front sight blades, center of the rear sight. We people get that. They, I mean, it, it's so intuitive, so easy. What's not, you hit on that a second ago, and we're going to talk about that here in a little while, so we don't want to get into it, is they move the gun at the instant right. that gun is going to fire. All right. Single biggest problem. Single biggest biggest marksmanship problem is what you just described there. But it's funny. I, I never – now, granted, I hardly ever do new shooters anymore. I'm always pretty much taking the groups that entertain me the most and challenge me the most or the, the upper-level guys. So I'm kind of become a snoop when it comes to the – a snob, I guess is the word. Snob when it comes to training that I – I pick very special groups that I feel challenged working with. Um, and we never talk about sites other than a deprogram, deprogramming process. When I see someone that constantly is a, a site focuser, it's easy to tell because they draw the gun and the gun is pointed up, right? So the gun gets pointed high and they are focusing on the front sight and they start shooting high. So I'm literally trying to get them to quit aiming. In the traditional sense that they understand it, which is the correct aiming, it's focusing on the front sight. And that's one of the biggest problems you'll see too, is that somebody feels like they've got to they've got to see something dead clear because we beat it into them. And they don't. I mean, that's it's the craziest thing how sights work. And the other part of it is, is you, you alluded to it when you said you get targets at 50 or 100 yards. On bets, I shoot targets all the time and take off my corrected glasses. So I use 1.5 or 1.75 in my shooting eye as far as correction. That's a plus for you people that know optics. Uh, and my reading prescription is a two to a two and a quarter at this point. So somewhere in that one and a half to 175 is when I get a pretty clear front sight. Uh, but I only use that for competition work because I'm not going to wear those glasses around because I can't see anything downrange. So on a bet, I will – take the glasses off and say, okay, I can hit any target we're shooting at here, any place you want on it. And I physically am incapable of seeing the sights clear. And for a lot of the students, it's kind of a, a kind of a shocker. Uh, and then I've even done this. It's funny to take somebody with perfect eyes and stick your glasses on them. So they can't see now they're freaking blind. If, if I put my glasses on you, Daniel, you'd be blind. And the person goes like, I can't see anything clear. I says, I know, I don't care. So don't make anything clear. Just point the gun at the target, and when you see something fuzzy enough, start shooting. And shockingly, every time they hit the target or hit the part of the target they're looking at because they're good at shooting, <laughs> not not particularly aiming being that important. The aiming part the, in a traditional sense really only comes into play when the level of precision uh, is increased to a level – or the, the need for precision is increased to a level where you're willing to sacrifice any amount of speed – or a large amount of speed. And immediately it creates a different environment. That's a different environment. In a, in a self-defense situation, or I'm a distance in my house, I even if I put my shooting glasses on, I'm most likely not going to see the sights clear because at that point I'm going to be watching whatever I'm shooting at as my focal point. And even if my eyes will focus on the sights, my attention is probably not on the sights. And then someone hears that and says, so you're not aiming. And that's where the discussion takes off. It's like, well, yeah, I'm aiming, but I'm just not seeing the sights clear. I need something else that's more important. So, so that's kind of a interesting as, thing. As you're kind of defining this, so aiming traditionally, and, and I don't even like using that word. But uh, it's it's, it's, it's got to be careful, yeah. Yeah, in, in most cases, 
I hear people explaining aiming as focusing on the front sight blade, right. mm-hmm. the center of the rear sight notch, and mm-hmm. and that's then placing that on the desired aiming area, and that's aiming. Right. And I, I would agree with that. It oh, is, I know. Yeah. It is that one, is that. That that's is one tradi- method. Yeah, that's a traditional perfect side picture. But you know, the guy that will explain that to you. I'm sorry, I cut you off there. But no, you're good. the guy that will explain that in the manner you just did, which is what is a traditional perfect side picture? Clear front sight, uh, centered and leveled in a fuzzy notch with a fuzzy target. So that that's most people's definition of a of a perfect side picture. As soon as you start running through drills, you realize they they cut that out. See, they could probably get away with that for most things if they would do all that. But instead, they created a shortcut key that says, okay, when the, when the buzzer goes off or the fight goes off, the stress goes, starts lifting, I'm going, to, I'm going to delete all that information, and I'm just going to focus on the front side. So they changed the one thing that they've even defined as being perfect, even though we don't need perfect, and changed it to another thing that's simplified, but it's only a portion of it. It's like telling somebody, listen, I'm going to teach you how to drive, but when you get stressed, do not worry about the wheel. Just worry about the brake and the gas pedal. And you know, you know what the results are going to be good from that, and that's what happens in shooting. So the thing we talked about, I think we said just a second ago, when I'm dealing with an upper-level group, we never talk about aiming until I'm breaking somebody from this front sight focus thing. And it's easy to get them to do it as soon as their heart says – Oh, I understand what you mean now. And, oh, yeah, I can do that. But while they're in defensive protecting mode of their, of their, of, it's almost like a religious fervor how some people uh, treat their training uh, and their, their reliance, not so much reliance on it, but their beliefs in it. That if you had shot with me, Daniel, for the last 20 years, you would be very disappointed if you, if, if you've, felt like you were trying to hold on to a belief that would last forever because I've defined things in the last couple years better and differently than I had in the first 20 years of my shooting. And a lot of it is learning what, what I actually do. But. I spent a little over 16 years in the Marine Corps doing a lot of shooting, uh, teaching a lot of people to shoot, uh, spending a lot of time with it. There was a lot of things that I taught over the years that I have learned in the past four years that I completely disagree with so, do I. so many of those things, now, man, I, I am so. I apologize. I apologize to everybody I I taught anything to twenty years ago about aiming because I would have been so wrong. So you mentioned there a second ago about your about how people just hold on to them and they like safeguard them and, and there's like a religious fervor with them. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, here right when we get back after this short message. In the 1911 world, there's Nighthawk Custom, and then there's everyone else. Nighthawk Custom makes the highest in quality 1911, under the motto, One Gun, One Gunsmith. Each 1911 is handmade, with each part fitted by one gunsmith from start to finish. Nighthawk Custom is giving away one of their custom 1911s every 90 days this year. All you need to do to register is visit www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfightercast and sign up. All right, welcome back. So I see... Or I have in the past more than on one more than one occasion where I was talking to law enforcement officers involved in shootings, and uh, a couple of these guys, and not all of them, some of them don't even care. It's like, hey, I, I did this and I had to do that. But I remember two instances where they were extremely proud that they saw their front sight during their shooting. They didn't talk about the shooting or surrounding it or hardly anything else. What they cared about was, I saw my front sight. 
I saw a lot, a lot of a lot of officers don't see their front sights. I saw my front sight the whole time, and like I, I don't under I didn't when I was listening. I was like I don't understand why that's important. Did we get desired right. effect on the target? Who cares? Right. What's the relevance of being able to have actually recognized and then remembered seeing what is fundamentally a training or marksmanship element in a much bigger picture? And I, it's funny. Uh, I shot with a guy this morning. Uh, his name is Kyle Schmidt, and he's a GM shooter, and he's a, a, a instructor for uh, Tempe PD. Well, I remember talking to Kyle. He was in a, uh, and so we called it an event, and he would tell me in that event, says I saw the sights. I said, really, did you see the sights during that? I said, yeah, I had to because the guy was holding a baby and there was, there was, there was collateral damage I didn't want to create. So, so what would you focus on? He says, well, I saw the sights clearly. I said, I didn't, I didn't ask you if you saw the sights clearly. What were you focused on? And at that point, it's kind of like, well, you can see his belief is trying to say he wants so badly to say he saw the sights clearly in focus. And then all of a sudden he goes through this, you know, when somebody kind of rolls their eye back and they start thinking about what really occurred. And I said, were the sights in focus or did you see clearly what you were trying to shoot at? And at that point he, he said that the most intelligent answer anybody can ever say, and it says, I don't know, I don't remember, which means you probably did everything right because it's not important to remember whether you saw the front sight. That's somebody being so proud that they were able to follow through with their training. The element of training was more important than the results, just like you explained it. Isn't that funny? I think that's, that's, I think that's just, I find that so curious that it becomes so important to make sure that you did it the way somebody would be proud of you for. It. So right. give him a, give him a, give him a, give him a, you know, give him a, a little award for slow, remembering slow, seeing slow, that. Slow clap. Yes, yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, how important was that? So I don't, I don't remember seeing the sights on shots I. I make, but I remember not seeing things I need to see when I missed. And the reason I thought I missed is because I didn't see things. So there's, there's it's so much more complicated to just focus on the front side. And I had that, had that argument with a famous gun writer not too long ago. And it was basically, we're talking about sites similar to what we're doing now, but probably nowhere near this, this degree of, uh, of, of clarity that we're trying to define. And he said, well, all I know is if you're in a gunfight, you make sure you see that front sight. And I said, does that mean you're focused on the front sight? And he says, crystal clear. I said, I know for a fact you can't see the front sight clear. You're older than I am, and you can't see any better than I can. You probably can't see as well. And he says, well, yeah, I can. I said, no, you can't. Your readers are twice as thick as mine. You can't, <laughs> you can't see the sight. You can't physically do it. He says, well, I can see the sights well enough. I says, well, why don't you tell people to do that? Because that's what you're really doing, and that's all you really want. But you could tell it just didn't fit in with his. You know, this, this, well this, enough this. is a very good description. You know, the, everything's well enough. You only have to hold the gun well enough. You only have to pull the trigger well enough. You only have to hold it tight enough. You only have to aim it well enough. It's it's, it's all about well enough. That's right. No, it is. And sure. and what decides what is well enough is you know time availability, distance to target, size of target. You know, a lot of different things. Absolutely. And you have a, a fairly clear, you should pass that information on to every human being you can, which will then lead into at least 70% of them wanting a discussion for clarity and 30% of them requiring a dissertation by you, which then is followed by a series of arguments while you explain to them what you actually meant. Rob, I and then, thought about like stopping everything I do online <laughs> because people – 
make so many judgments and so many Ow. things off of a snapshot. Off of one, they don't even they don't even hear what you say. They don't hear the words. We're gonna have a twenty minute conversation here about aiming, and this show's gonna be over. And there's no way that we could have possibly covered everything that could possibly come up. But we'll be dead wrong, and no matter what we say during the whole thing, it will not be correct if we don't mention X. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. Somebody's somebody's job is there to pick it apart. And, and my when I feel when I'm teaching somebody how to shoot, or a group, or or an individual, it doesn't really matter. At, at that point, the first thing I have them do, and this might sound crazy, is I have them shoot. I give them a safety safety briefing because I freaking don't like guns being pointed at me. So I make sure they understand that. And once that's clearly understood, and I mean it's usually clearly understood, if you know what I mean. Um, the rest of it is like, okay, go Not shoot. Not just so understood guess, well enough? No, it it has to be absolutely clear. I have to be absolutely clear that they understand to the detail what pointing the gun at me really means. <laughs> because sometimes they don't understand that. But anyway, it's, it's another another issue well enough, of course. But for me to be comfortable, I have to know the person. And when I yell at them, I clearly defined that they shouldn't point the gun at me before that. Because you would know what I meant. But some people don't any more than they understand what aiming means. But when I get when I get a group like that and start them shooting, I say, okay, just guys, just shoot. I want to watch you. If you've done it for a while, you know you can you can almost feel it. You don't even have to even see the targets to see what the results are of it. And you, I just watch the guns kick and I watch their bodies move and I look for bend points and the joints and elbows and all these things I look for and. I'm going like, wow, if I could get this guy to quit aiming, he'd be a great shot. And I tell them that, and they'll go like, they look at you like you're crazy. says, your reliance on aiming is limiting your ability to pull the trigger. And that guy goes, what? says, oh, yeah, you just can't pull the trigger because the sights aren't good enough, are they? says, well, I'm trying to make them better. says, don't. At the instant when you think it's just not quite good enough, I just want you to close your eyes and pull the trigger. And they look at you like you're crazy and they do it and nobody ever misses the target because we're good at that alignment thing you explained earlier. We're really good at not only getting alignment, but holding a, a position. Instance, you drive down the road. Nobody sits there and, and focuses on alignment points. We look at the, the, the lines on the road and we just kind of steer it in between. Nobody tracks dead center down the highway in exactly the same perfect amount of spacing from the left wheel to the right wheel so you're not perfect in it we just kind of keep it between the lines right you don't have to be right you don't have to be perfect that will keep you from hitting anybody and at that point that's all they want you to do when an aiming comes in just kind of keep it between the lines Pinkus is even coarser Pinkus is like well as long as you're on the target you know i don't really care and i am too i just sometimes like to define the target as being more difficult to increase the level of precision we which then makes you do other things better. But that, that's all. That's all. Basically, what you're telling them is an acceptable hit. So we have to define what the acceptable hit is. Yeah. So when I have a guy, when I have a guy shooting, I'll say, okay, listen, I don't care where you hit the target, don't miss. Well, that almost always the guy sees it as free reign to just haul ass. And then when he does miss, he's like, ah, well, I guess I didn't do it right. Says, well, you, you, you didn't attempt to do it right. I shoot one zone outside of where I'm trying to almost all the time. And what I mean by that, if I'm trying to shoot, if anybody's familiar with an, an IPSC target or USPSA target, in the middle you've got an A zone, then a bigger B zone, and then a, 
or uh, sorry, B zones ahead uh, than a bigger C zone, then a D zone's the edger. If what I consider an acceptable hit is a shot in the C zone, I need to shoot for A's because if I'm not trying to shoot A's, which is a lot more than aiming, Daniel, I need to know I'm trying to shoot A's because I can never shoot all A's. I'm going to shoot C's. So the instant I say just shoot, just hit the target anywhere, they're most likely going to miss. So I need a certain amount of precision. What would I have to say? Buffer or a bumper margin, and that will at dis- different distances require different levels of not aiming, but different levels of steadiness. An applicable term? I, I don't really know. It's 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 alignment, but I don't even know if, if that's even the right word. Sometimes close enough or well enough, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned something in there. We have as an instructor. You know, I have to define the aiming area where where I want their bullet to strike. Yes. And yes. You know, I I did an episode a few a month or two ago called um, what did I say? Defensive accuracy or combat accuracy, something like that, uh, mm-hmm. is an excuse for sucking. And, yeah, and exactly. I, I, I believe 100% in the concept of defensive accuracy and combat right. accuracy. You know, it, right. based on the time available and the distance of target and the size of the target and where I can hit that target and get the desired effect that I need, I don't need to take perfect shots at this thing. I, I could just get them somewhere in a six inch area in the center of the chest, and I'm just fine and happy with that. No problem whatsoever. Right. Um, right. So I, I totally don't disagree with the concept at all. Um, the problem is when we take it to the range and we take it to training and people are like, well, that was good shooting. It's good defensive accuracy. And they're at seven yards and they covered the entire torso of somebody. And that's okay if that's what they're going for. But the problem is they need to have the ability. I believe they need to have the ability to switch on extreme precision in the case of something like Andy Brown and his 70 yard shot uh, at Fairchild Air Force Base, or your only chance to stop this active shooter as a law enforcement officer is down a 45 yard hallway in a middle school. And the guy's shoulder and head are out looking around the corner to see if the cops are coming. You know, that may be your only opportunity. And we, we, if we don't have the ability to shoot with extreme precision, you know, it's what I call extreme precision, like perfect shots. Like I've got a Sharpie dot at seven yards and I put my round right on top of it. You know, that's hard to do. It is. And that's extreme precision. And we don't need that level of precision in 99.9% of all defensive shootings. But if I understand what it takes for that level of precision, then I have a good baseline for me to dial back from and substitute speed for. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's a perfect explanation for it. The whole thing is always this battle between uh, – I'm not going to – term speed gets used, this this concept of speed of accuracy, speed versus accuracy. So let's let's change the the speed element to not always trying to do it as fast as we can because I'm not sure what that even is, but in time. It's got to be done in time because if you don't get the shot off when the opportunity occurs – it's better to not shoot it than to shoot it poorly in some instances, and you explained one of them. So it's got to be fast enough. So I, that can never be defined as what is fast enough because faster is always better. But you have to learn where your standard of, of ability and skill is at so that you know what you can and can't do. So you need techniques that will enable you to know what that is. And when you define you know, a head headshot or a torso shot at 45 yards down the hallway, I'm not worried about the guy taking the shot. I'm worried about the guy missing the shot. At that point, bad things can happen if he misses. So if, if he's if he's given the opportunity 
to take enough time to shoot that. Now we have to define what enough time is. And somebody better than somebody else is going to be able to make that shot quicker. But I think going down the same line you're talking about, everybody should know how to make that shot. And then it becomes a skill to be able to develop that, to be able to do it faster and faster. Because obviously you have to be able to do it in time. And maybe a fast shooter can do it in time, but a slow guy can't. So to say I may not be accurate, or sorry, I may not be very fast, but I'm really accurate, that doesn't mean you're fast enough. It doesn't mean you're going to get the shot off in time. And therefore, I think we are always dealing with this concept of doing it better than we did it last time. Or we're always trying to improve the skill that there is no good enough because we can make a, we can probably create a circumstance that would require an, uh, an unreasonable level of skill to be able to make. And so we can always create a possible environment where we can make the excuse that we need to be faster than you are. But I think what we have to define is not only the accuracy requirement, and you and I are probably really close on that as far as our definition. Uh, we use the term combat accuracy, and, and for me, I base it on – for competition shooting, I base it on score and the training. I always make it harder than it needs to be because it's fun to make them do its hard stuff. But the next element is where does the element of speed come into it, and how do you find – what is fast and what is slow because I could probably, and you probably can too, I could probably draw and shoot. Well, I know I could do it today. So I had a target at 50 yards and it was a target. And for interest sake, uh, Kyle was shooting next to me. So I, I just shot what I was doing under his timer and he had a buzzer set up for eight seconds and in eight seconds. I can draw and shoot six shots on a torso of an Ipswich target pretty easily. I mean, not even close because I was trying to shoot A's. But I hardly ever dropped a point. And then for giggles, I tried three, then reload and shot three. And whenever I did that, I shot quicker and ended up with several seconds left. So that, that's that's probably hard for the average guy to do. Uh, but once again, we have this variable level of, of, of requirement for accuracy and precision and speed. So when I teach, I don't have a – I don't do a pass-fail on almost anything um, simply because I don't know, you know what good enough is. But I grade everybody. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know, you're shooting, you're shooting, eighty-five percent of the best score I've ever seen on that. That's that is remarkable. And then somebody had a guy in Canada a couple of weeks ago who beat me on half the stuff we did. Sounds like he you was give the same the same answer to questions that I give all the time. Well, it yeah, depends. yeah. I, I don't have answers for questions. I try to lead people to results and try to lead them to a position where they think. Because one of my beliefs is. An answer, anything I give you is not as valuable as anything that you invest to figure out. And if I can just guide you to figure something out, man, that, that'll be so much more important than something I can tell you. You gave me a really good idea in there for a question that I'm excited to hear the answer for because uh, I'm curious myself what you think. Uh, and I'm going to ask you that right when we get back. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. Rob, you were talking in there about the fast shooter who couldn't shoot very accurate and the very accurate shooter that was really, really slow and couldn't make the time. Um, which has more potential, the accurate slow shooter or the fast shooter who isn't capable of a high level of accuracy. It really depends on what they're what what is limiting them from going from making improvement. I have I struggle 
I, I struggle more often with getting somebody who believes that you, if you're accurate, it depends. If they're slow because they can't control the gun and they can't pull the trigger very well, they can't see very well, mechanical reasons that they're slow, then I can work with that. But if they're slow because they're willing to give up any semblance of speed or haste in the creation of the shot or the firing of the shot, and they believe that's okay because somewhere along the line, you know, they, they read wide herbs or a version of wide herbs, you know, speed is fine, but accuracy is final, which is precisely correct because so, unless the accuracy is so slow that you don't get a chance to use. Well, no, if you think, if you really think about the statement, speed is fine, but accuracy is final. It's absolutely correct. In order to say you shoot fast, right? It doesn't, you doesn't mean you shoot slow. You know, it's basically you, you, you take the amount of time it takes you to make the shot. And if you can't get the shot off, that means you got to find a way to be faster. And if, you're not accurate enough to hit it, uh, then we got to teach you to be more accurate. But I struggle far more with somebody who is let, let's use the term slow, even though I, I don't I don't really like that. Uh, but he, let's let's change it. We're going to call the slow pursuer is the guy that's willing to give up all desire to be quick in order to maintain what I would consider an unreasonable level of precision. That guy is harder to get him to go faster because what's making him be slow. Most of the time, it isn't mechanical. It's a belief that when all goes wrong, just be slow. That guy, if he believes that the same way that I, another I person, totally, in a, totally has it's definitely a belief system. I mean, I I, I could see yeah, that, it, and I'm sure I got a class yeah. tomorrow, the next day, and I'm sure I'll see the same thing. You're gonna you're gonna have somebody that you know that, that believes that hey, it doesn't really matter. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get failed on this thing if I actually hit the target. Uh, when I started training some of the upper level groups, Daniel, the first time I went to one of those units, everybody was incredibly precise and accurate. But to the to the extent that half the guys, it was so slow. I mean, it was just it was almost comical. I'm like, God, are you really shooting that string of fire still? And the guy's like, Well, yeah, I'm not very fast, but I'm accurate. He says, Well, let's fix that. Let's make you faster. So I don't want to give up any precision. He says, Why not? just because I'm accurate, not fast. I'm like, okay, so let's fix that. He says, well, I don't want to. I want to make, remain accurate. Because I say, why? Because that's easy for you, isn't it? It's really easy for you to shoot a little knot hole there at 10 yards on the target and be done three times longer than everybody else. Well, that's where this whole definition of acceptable accuracy came in. It says, listen, I'm going to score you the same if you put 10 shots in one little hole there in the middle of that target as if you shoot every one of those that barely touch the A zone on that target. And that's where the belief part comes in. That this Do guy we says them in no. the chest or in the right. button on the shirt. Right, exactly. And in reality, this guy's actually shot from a viewpoint. But he was horrible from my viewpoint because I'm trying to get you to shoot quick enough that it matters. There's there's a there's time frame you have to work in and it's and it's a variable. We don't know what it is, but what we do know is generally you're not gonna have enough time. Most of the time, things happen faster than you wish they do. At that point, you're going to sacrifice something. So to, to make those other nine shots open up to a four or five or six-inch group or something, you're going to be able to go twice as fast. That you won't do it has nothing to do with whether you can or cannot do it. Now, you take the other guy. You take the other side of this, the guy that's just totally – 
totally enamored with the concept of hauling ass. Just loves to shoot all over the place because he knows once out of ten times he's going to get all his hits. And when he goes home, he's going to remember the one time. Like, oh, man, I shot, you know, 10 shots on that target at uh, 2.75 seconds. I'm like, okay, what was your worst one? And then the guy goes, what do you mean? He says, well, you did it. How many times did you shoot this? Oh, hell, I probably shot it 10 or 15 times. He says, what was your worst one? He's like, oh, I don't know. He says, yeah, you do. What was your worst one? Well, I don't remember the time. Of course you don't remember the time because at that point, it wasn't defined by time. What was it defined by? It was defined by accuracy. So in your worst one, how many misses did you have? Let's, let's, let's ask the question another way. He's like, I don't know, several. He says, did you consider that an acceptable performance? He says, no, but it was just practicing. He says, yeah, but you're ingraining that to be what you consider a standard, and that's the guy that is difficult to, be, to cause to be more accurate. And usually for him, you have to teach discipline and patience. The guy that needs to go faster, almost always it's a belief system you have to change. And the guy that you're trying to be more precise with, who just wants to haul ass, that's a discipline issue where it's just, this is just too easy for me to haul ass and hope for the best and say, well, I got proud of my five hits, so that's good enough. So different guys, different things. As a rule, I'd rather have the guy that can go fast and understands, but isn't disciplined enough because I can teach you elements that will allow you to develop the discipline than trying to teach somebody to, to change change churches they go to or something <laughs> It's hard. I mean, people people follow that stuff just like it is religious fervor. I mean, it's oof, blondes and brunettes, man. I love them all. Man, it's uh, it's it's all over the place, and there's just I, I see it all over the internet constantly. Somebody, you Rob, you could put out the best piece of information that's earth shattering, and somebody will just look at it and say, eh, "No thanks. I think I'll stick with whatever I was taught," because right. 15 years ago somebody said something, you know, and or 30 years ago, I just, or I 50 that mentality. years ago. I, and I, I don't want to ever develop right. that mentality. Well, you, should, you, should, you should realize you're going to be changing every time you go out there. Yeah, that's why I'm going out there. Yeah, That's right. That's why you go out. <laughs> right. it, isn't to, it, is, it isn't to convince somebody else of something you believed 20 years ago. It's to see what, you can, what, what new thing you can learn today. That's what it's about, man. That's what exactly. drives me. Awesome. We're going to end on that note. Gunfighter cast out. <laughs>